For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everyone and welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host Tori D. Simone and we haven't just really chatted a lot. Okay, some haters would beg to differ. We chat every week. But what I mean by that is I feel like at least since the new year, we haven't just, you know, gotten to know each other again and chatted and just had some good old-fashioned girl talk. So, oh my God, I almost said girl like Courtney Kardashian. Girl, girl talk. So whatever. People love rolling their R's once Courtney Kardashian started doing it, don't you think? Anyway, um, yeah, we're going to do some girl talk today <laughs> um, because I feel like it and that's what we do. When you have your own podcast, you can do whatever you want. So we are going to do girl talk today. I asked you guys on my Instagram, which is at Tori Sterling underscore to AMA which stands for Ask Me Anything. I figured that one out on my own when Kenzie Elizabeth, who I'm in a huge obsession with right now, which is so funny because Kenzie and I, when I was like living in LA, were like thick as thieves. Like that was my girl. You know what I mean? Um, And I haven't talked to her or seen her in years, but I'm in this huge phase where I'm just like, I adore Kenzie. And I totally remember why her and I were so close at a point. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm obsessed with Kenzie and she will always post like AMA and then she'll start answering all these questions and I'm like, AMA, ask me anything. And I love when she does it. I think she always does it at the airport or something. I don't know, but I really love it. And she gives great advice because sometimes this is like an, I love you so much promo as it should be, but literally she'll be like, someone will ask a question. She'll be like, I literally have no idea. Good luck. And I think it's so funny. So I won't give you one of those answers. I might if I get stumped, but I just probably won't even include it. 
But I think it's so funny when she does that. So anyway, uh, we're doing an AMA today. Ask me anything. It's kind of like a Q&A, but it's more so like about you guys rather than about me. Um, like I feel like Q&As in the past were like, what's your favorite color? And this is more like, I got ghosted. What do I do? You know what I mean? So it's more, it's more girl talk. It's like we're having a sleepover and we're just chit-chatting and we're talking. Um, but guys, happy Monday. I hope you are having an amazing week. I hope you guys had an amazing prep yesterday for Sunday. I posted an episode a couple weeks back about like Sunday resets and stuff like that that just make me feel really good for the week. So um, that's a good episode to go listen back to if you kind of feel like you're having an off week or you just want to restart. You can do that honestly anytime, any day. But um, yeah, we have a lot to catch up on before we get into the AMA. I'll just address the elephant in the room because I have a face for radio. I'm just kidding. Um, but you guys don't see me because I don't have like a video component. So you see me if you follow me on Instagram and YouTube. If you do follow me on Instagram and YouTube, then you know that I did it. I did it. I dyed my hair. Mm-hmm. I did it. I am so proud of myself for doing it. I posted pictures on my Instagram and I also posted a YouTube video yesterday and a reel on my Instagram about the YouTube video yesterday, all about dyeing my hair. So go check those out, give it love, and also give Vin, my hairdresser, so much love because he ate this. He ate this up. He did so good. So good. I think we unlocked like this new level of Vin of like turning blondes to brunettes. It was so fun. We had the whole day together. I got there at 10. I left around like 4.45. So we spent all day together and I had literally the best time. But I'm so proud of myself for actually doing it and going through with it. Being brunette was something that I've wanted to do for literally so long now. And I just never thought that I'd like pull trig and actually do it. I really thought that I was always going to be a blonde because I was afraid of not being blonde. And I just got to a point where I was like, I literally want to be brunette so bad and I can't wait to get out of the blonde. And that's when I was like, okay, I know, I know it's time. Um, I would just see like brunette girls and be like, man, I want to be brunette so bad. I feel like brunette girls just have this vibe about them that is just so cool. And I'm like, I want to be cool. Um, no, but also I just, I, I'm just, I was just ready. You know, I was brunette before I was blonde. And it's so funny because people will always comment being like, oh, I used to follow you in your brown hair days or your black hair days. Cause my hair was like, it was like box dye black. It wasn't box dye, but it was black. Like I would dye it black, like blue, black. And people are like, I know you from those days. And now I feel like people are going to be like, I followed you since your blonde days. You know what I mean? I do change my hair color a lot. And so many people were not afraid to tell me that when I posted my selfies. Everyone was like, girl, you change your hair color so much. Okay. And what about it? I was blonde for six years. That's not changing a lot. I did a different variations of blonde, but girl, I was blonde for six years. That's a long time to be one hair color. That's a long time. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to the topic, I dyed my hair brown and it is the best thing I ever did. I was fully expecting to have a total freak out, a total meltdown 
and a why the F did I do this? You know, like I was going into it absolutely terrified and not knowing how I would react. But I was also going into it knowing that I really wanted it. But at the same time, like, yeah, you can want it. And then when you see it, when you have it, you're gonna be like, what the F did I do? Because it takes a lot of money and time to go blonde. And then once you get blonde, it still takes a lot of money and time to upkeep the blonde. So when I dyed my hair brown, I was worrying like, well, would I be like, why did I do that? It took so much time and money to get myself blonde, blah, blah, blah. But girl, that thought has not crossed my mind once. I could not be more obsessed with this hair color. I adore it. I love it. I feel so myself with this hair color. Um, I really, really do. I feel very grounded with this hair color and I just feel so myself with it. My hair is so healthy. It feels like actual hair again, which I was saying to my vlog this morning because I was vlogging this morning too, girl. I've been on my game. But um, I was saying to my vlog this morning that I feel like I had pretty healthy blonde hair. And I will confidently say that because I really took care of my hair. I put in all the work outside of the salon, masks, invested in good products, minim minimized my use of heat. Like I really, I did the most outside of the salon. And then all my hairdressers throughout all my blonde years also did the most. Like I was crazy about my blonde. And I would straight up tell them like, if my hair melts off, like I won't come back. You know, like I was crazy with my blonde. And so all my hairdressers always kept the integrity of my hair. Like I was crazy about being blonde because I wanted healthy hair. And I would say I did have healthy hair. And then when I went brunette a couple of days ago, just even like I'm feeling my hair now, just even feeling my hair, it feels like hair again. And Vin only put in one product when after I was like shampooed and conditioner, just like a leave-in and that was it. And I only put in like five things, you know what I mean? So like it just feels normal again. And that feeling is so good to have in your hair. I am just so obsessed with it. And if you have the itch to go brown, this is me telling you to do it or just any hair color. If you want to dye your hair, bleach your hair, any hair color, this is me telling you to do it. Because if there's something in you telling you to do it, then that means that you really want to do it. And I say go for it. I was worried that I wouldn't like it come summertime, but this is a vibe and I can't wait to see it in the summertime. I can't wait to see it. I do have obviously blonde hair underneath all of this brunette. So it's going to take a couple more times to keep filling it for it to like not lighten up over, you know, I would imagine like the next year or so. So it's going to get like lightened by the sun and by washing it, but I'm going to keep like going back and filling it because I'm just so obsessed with it. And I mean, chef's kiss to Vin, like hats off. He just did it exactly what I wanted. Um, I really wanted to look like Mrs. Haley Bieber. I wanted, or was that Mrs. Justin Bieber? It would be, I don't know. I wanted Mrs. Haley Bieber. Her hair color was absolutely gorge, absolutely perfect. Burnett, sun-kissed, absolutely perfect. And I don't want to say Vin did it better, but he did it better. Mrs. Haley Bieber wishes her hair was my color. I'm just kidding. Who am I? I'm so bold on this podcast today. It's the brunette. I can't help it. I can't help it. Um, but I, I, I love it. It's so perfect. And again, I have a YouTube video 
an Instagram reel posted about it. Check it out. Show love. And please show love to Vin. Even if you don't follow him, just DM him and be like, you absolutely killed it. Like, so good. Um, Just the support, like, means the world. So he's amazing. And my hair is amazing. And I'm so happy that I did it. But I wanted to update you guys first thing in today's episode because I remember a couple months ago, I was going through a hair crisis saying that I really wanted to dye my hair and I did it and I'm so freaking happy that I did it. While I was talking, I also was thinking about Cheer, the Netflix series, and I just finished it and I also think maybe that's why I'm a little sassy today just because I have like cheer in my in my blood, running through my blood right now. Um, yeah, what did we think? Um, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I saw the ending coming from literally episode one. Um, I saw what was going to happen because the way that the show was explaining one coach's technique versus the other was very telling. Like to say that like – Okay, I don't want to spoil any. Okay, spoiler. If you don't want to hear spoilers, skip ahead. But to hear that the Trinity Valley coach was obviously new blood and to say like, you know, sometimes you need reinvention to continue winning. I knew that they were going to win. As soon as that was said, I was like, they're winning because Monica has her formula, but she keeps bringing the same formula each year. They've been there. They've done that. The judges have seen it before. Trinity Valley, what they brought was new blood. However, however, Trinity Valley hiring Brad, that makes me wonder. Like, they didn't really touch much on choreography in season one. I don't think anyway. Maybe I have to rewatch it to fact check that. But when they hired Brad for choreography at Trinity Valley, it was very clear to me that a huge reason that these routines and colleges win is because of the choreography. I mean, obviously, yes, the coaches and the team make the choreography good. Like the choreography is only as good as the team is. So obviously the team makes the choreography look absolutely amazing. But is the choreography the bread and butter or are the coaches the bread and butter? Because they're here making it sound like, um, what's his name? Devon, Von, Von D, Von Day. Oh God, I forget. But him and Monica, they always make it sound like, you know, they are why the team wins. But to me, it looks like the choreography is why the team wins. So that was interesting. Um, But when Brad went to Trinity Valley, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And you know how in the show they don't show you like the full routine? I went on YouTube and I watched both of the full routines. And I will say I did like Trinity Valley's routine more. Um, I didn't even see the mess up, like honestly, in the routine on Jillian's part. It did not look dramatic at all during the full routine. Obviously, coaches are trained to see stuff like that. But like mess up aside, the the choreography and the routine overall was just better at Trinity Valley than it was in Navarro. So I'm not surprised that Trinity Valley won and Navarro came in second. Also, it's always cool to see like an underdog win. But it's also like kind of what we've talked about on this epi- on this podcast a lot where Monica got really big from doing cheer. And as soon as the cheer season starts, she's going to leave to go do Dancing with the Stars. Like you're going to abandon what made you go to Dancing on the Stars. Do you get what I mean? Like you get so big to a certain point where you just forget what made you big. 
going to Dancing on the Stars, I think, really sabotaged the whole team. I'm like literally analyzing everything. I think it really did sabotage the whole team, though, because it lost a lot of team dynamic um, from what it seemed anyway. I mean, obviously, there's everything's always different. But from what it seemed anyway, it seems like that was like the tipping point. And the timeline to me also wasn't making sense because Cheer came out in January 2020. I had to look it up. Came out in January 2020. So when it came out, were they already signed for a second season? Because they started filming the second season like post-fame. So we can imagine it's between January and March of 2020 because then they got into COVID in 2020. And then it picked back up in 2021. So do they already have like another season signed on? Like there are some things that I just didn't understand and Google doesn't have the answers. So if you have any tea on that, let me know. Speaking of tea, does anyone else follow Dumois? I'm obsessed. Back to cheer. Um, yeah, it, the timeline didn't really make sense, but they kept like just traveling during their season. And I'm like, you guys, like you're going to lose because here you are reaping the benefits of now being famous from cheer, but you're not cheering. And she is what made you famous. Like, don't lose your roots. That's like my big thing. It's like, oh, it's just like, don't lose your roots. I don't know. But I guess I, I guess I lost my roots for a little bit. You know what I mean? But I learned and I feel like I'm back. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine. And that's where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want a sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in 
rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that I've been able to use it for all of my businesses across uh, the last few years, and it's been really amazing. What I love the most is that I'm able to put down like exactly what it is that I want on Indeed and the candidates that match that get sent right to me. And then the hard part actually becomes narrowing down which ones are the best for me because they all are exactly what I'm looking for. And then it really just comes down to like, which do I vibe with the best? And that's honestly pretty hard to choose from. But Indeed makes it really easy for me to find really good quality candidates that find exactly what I'm looking for instantly. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Anyway, I did enjoy the season a lot. I thought it was a very good season. And um, the whole Jerry thing was wild. I had no, I never saw any of the headlines. So I had absolutely no idea. And I mean, it was, it was a heartbreaking episode. It was heartbreaking. Not for Jerry, for the boys. When they showed the boys, oh my God, it was heartbreaking. Like they just looked like literal children. It was heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, that was a hard episode to watch, but I feel like it obviously had to be included because he was such a big part of the team. So I'm going to follow that. Um, it doesn't look good for, for Mr. Jerry, but anyway, regardless, yeah, that was cheer. Um, that was a really great series. Um, I want to talk about some books too, before we get into the ask me anything girl talk. I've finished two books since we last talked. I finished ugly love by Colleen Hoover and Little Secrets by Jennifer Hillier. And I'm currently reading The Paper Palace, which I am loving The Paper Palace. It reminds me a lot of Sea Isle. And at first when I read the description of Paper Palace, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be my vibe, but I'm going to read it because anything in Reese's book club is so good. So I know I'll probably like it, but the characters are older 
However, it is so incredibly relatable to any age of life. It's not boring. I feel like where the crawdad sing and the paper palace in my mind are very similar. The paper palace immediately brings you in. And it's not like it's a thriller where there's like this insane plot line so far anyway, but it's just so relatable. You feel like you're talking to a friend and I've never felt like that ever when reading a book. Where the crawdad sing was very slow to get into, at least for me. I know some people read it in like two days. But for me, it took me a long time to read it because it just took me forever to get into. But The Paper Palace is immediately drawing me in and it's a great book. It's incredibly relatable to any age in your life and any stage in your life. Um, I really, really enjoy it. Totally recommend it. That's The Paper Palace. It's great so far. But I did finish Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. And I posted on my Instagram because I like when I finish books, I I always post like an open discussion question. And I want to hear what you guys think too. Um, what do I think? Okay, Colleen Hoover is so hit or miss for me. Every time I bring up Colleen Hoover, I get asked two questions: Did you read Verity? And did you read It Ends with Us? The answer to both of that, to, the answer to those questions is yes. I've read both. I've read Verity and I've read It Ends with Us. I loved Verity. It was it's her only thriller. And she should be a thriller writer. It was amazing. It was incredible. Spooky, creepy, thrilling, very disturbing, very good. It was an incredible thriller. I have goosebumps literally right now thinking about it. Such a great book. I would love to go back and read that again for the first time. I also read It Ends With Us and I did not like it at all, at all. I did not like it at all. I also think, however, I read another book back to back with this book and it's called The Light We Lost. And that book was beautiful. It was gorgeous. I've talked about it before on this podcast. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it because it was very mature. It followed a love story that was heartbreaking and oh my God, just so heartbreaking. But it was good. It was very good. And I read The Light We Lost first and then it ends with us. It Ends With Us was literally like a cheap version of The Light We Lost. It was just so not my vibe. I did not like it. Oh, I think if I didn't read The Light We Lost, I would have liked it more. But the two stories are kind of parallel and very similar in my mind that reading them consecutively was the worst thing I could have ever done. And it made The Light, uh, and it made uh, It Ends With Us horrible, in my opinion. So yeah, I've read both, loved Verity, did not like It Ends With Us. I would totally recommend The Light We Lost over It Ends With Us any day. Now back to Ugly Love. I read November 9th as well, and the reoccurring theme in November 9th that I could not get past was that it's literally written off these teenagers that are just horny, and the guy kept saying panties. Why is Colleen Hoover writing about panties? I can't get over it. And I know the author, not personally, but I know that it's obviously Colleen Hoover. So when I read books like this, where Colleen Hoover is a serial author about books that are very similar to this, they're all love stories with a big plot twist, and they're all obsessed with panties. I can't get over it. Why does she keep talking about panties? I don't know. I don't like it. So then in Ugly Love, she kept doing it. It kept like, I think she only said it like two or three times, but I'm like, oh my God, there's Colleen Hoover with her word panties. She loves the word panties. And I cannot stand the word panties in Colleen Hoover's books. 
I've never, I've never minded it. Like I even remember growing up on iCarly, they were like, ew, the word panties. And I was like, I don't get it. It's not a bad word. Like I don't care. But in her books, it's so weird to me. I don't know. Her love stories seem incredibly juvenile, very immature, and incredibly unrealistic, which look, most love stories are incredibly unrealistic. And I still like reading them. But there's something about Colleen Hoover's that are so miss for me. They're just very hit or miss for me, okay? Ugly Love was an incredibly unrealistic love story between the two main characters who I've literally already forgotten their names because I read it over a week ago at this point. Um, but yeah, I forget their names. Anyway, it's an incredibly unrealistic love story between the main characters, not Miles and it's Miles, right? Miles and Rachel. I hope it's Miles. I think that's the same. About about them. Look, that that love story, it was a good plot line. But the story oh, Tate, Tate and Miles. Um, the two of them was just a little unrealistic and I didn't love it. I did, however, love how heartbreaking it was. It was a heartbreaking novel, dare I say novel. And I really sympathized at parts of it and I really felt heartbreak at parts of it and it really got me in my feels. I will absolutely give it that. It put me in my feels. It was heartbreaking at moments. Um, would I recommend it? I don't know. I think I gave it a three stars on Goodreads. I don't know. Um, it was fine. It was Colleen Hoover. Hit or miss. I'd, I'd miss it, but it was fine. It was good. Um, I loved, however, I loved the switching of Miles. God, I hope his name is Miles. Of Miles telling the story of like falling in love. And when it would become a poem. And then, oh God, like when it went out of the poem, that was heartbreaking. That was heartbreaking. That was great writing. I would love to see more writing like that from Colleen Hoover. That felt mature. It felt intentional. It, it was beautiful. It was symbolic. I loved that. I would love more of that from her. Because look, I think she's a great writer, but I just think she has some immature books that as a 23-year-old, I find it a little bit hard to read. If I was like 18, 19, 20, I would eat this up. But I just think I'm a little too old for Colleen Hoover, but I wasn't too old for Verity. That was awesome. I also read Little Secrets by Jennifer Hillier, and it follows a family that their son was kidnapped when he was four. Sebastian. And that was a great book. Um, I really enjoyed that. I was confused in the middle of it because it took a turn of really following like a love affair, which isn't a spoiler. It really was following a love affair more than it was finding the family son. And I was confused why it was doing that. I'm like, this isn't what I want to read about. Like I want to be reading about the boy and like the thriller of it. But the ending of the book obviously tied everything together and it was great. However, I wish the ending was longer. And what I mean by that is I feel like the whole book was building up to the ending and the whole book was like 80% build, 20% the climax. And they just like went over the tip of the iceberg on everything that was like in the climax. And it was short. Like I wish there was more in depth of it and I wish it lasted longer um, because it was a really great plot line and plot twist at the end, I would have loved to read more about it. And the ending, I would have loved to have so much more of that ending. Um, that's all I'm going to say. 
I just wish there was more to the ending, but it was a really, really great book and I would definitely recommend it. A lot of you guys said that you really like Jennifer Hillier, so I'm excited to read more of her books. Um, but yeah, my Goodreads is Tori D. Simone, I think it is. If you guys want to follow it, um, I don't like post like written reviews. I pretty much just talk about it on the podcast, but I do like five, like I'll like star stuff. So yeah, what else did I write down? Ugly Love, Little Secrets, currently reading Paper Palace, Dad My Hair. I wish I could watch The Undoing again for the first time. Yeah, I do. That was a note I wrote down. I don't know why I wrote that down, but I do wish I could watch The Undoing again for the first time. And oh, I've been having so much fun with Instagram. I've been making like reels. I've been posting. The day I'm posting or the day I'm recording this is Thursday, January 20th. This is going to be my third day in a row posting on my feed. Who am I? I literally haven't done that since like 2016. So that's really fun for me. I've just been having a lot of fun with Instagram. Once I stopped caring and just started having fun, everything got so much better. Okay. I think we've had enough catch up. Let's get into some girl talks and talk about the questions you guys asked on Ask Me Anything. Right out the gate, you guys are asking really fun questions. So let's get into it. I'm so excited. Okay. So the first one says essentials for sleeping over at a boys. Okay. This is so key and something that we totally do need to talk about. Um, I remember Lauren Curtis on YouTube posted a video like how to take your makeup off at a boy's house to like still look cute and stuff. Oh my God. That video was absolutely iconic. She was the older sister that we all needed in that moment. So let's talk about essentials for sleeping over at a boy's house. I think it depends what stage you are in with this man's. If you are like kind of talking and it's like your first sleepover together, that's obviously going to be different than if it's like a one night stand or if it's like a long-term boyfriend that you stay over at his house all the time. So I'm going to take more so the route of like you're just starting to talk or maybe it's like a very new relationship and you're sleeping over at his house for maybe the first time or it's the first handful of times. The first thing that I always recommend is a little bag, a little bag, a little bag. Okay. You don't want to show up with like a giant duffel bag and look like you're too overly prepared or too high maintenance. Like the smaller, the better, but packed with the stuff that you need. So first and foremost, a toothbrush. There is literally nothing worse than not having a toothbrush at someone's house. So absolutely a toothbrush. Second is chapstick. There's nothing worse than having chapped lips when you wake up the next morning. Ugh, I can't stand it. So toothbrush and chapstick. Third is a hairbrush. Now, obviously this isn't going to work for everyone's hair, but for me, I always want a hairbrush in the morning. And even just before bed, just like quickly brushing your hair, it's just going to do wonders. And guys have the worst pillowcases ever. We're not getting our silk pillowcases. No, we're not. We are getting whatever pillowcases this man put on his bed. And we all know it's probably the color navy. So you are not getting good hair health that night. So brush your hair, brush it in the morning. Your hair will thank you. Now let's get into like the goods. I always like to bring makeup wipes, which I don't like using makeup wipes ever, but I also hate sleeping in my makeup, but I don't want to do a full skincare routine in this man's bathroom. So just makeup wipes. Um, I will take off all my makeup. I am very lucky and I feel very confident and very secure in my natural you know, face, like no makeup or anything. So that's not really an issue for me. So I will take off like all of my makeup and go to bed. Um, I also wear glasses and contacts. I will typically keep my contacts in and go to sleep in my contacts just because I don't feel like bringing glasses and making it a whole nine yards. 
Um, so I'll keep in my contacts. I take off all my makeup and I will bring like a travel sized moisturizer. Now, pro tip, if you want to look like cute in the morning, what you're going to want to do is bring a little bit of tanning drops and just mix it in with your nightly moisturizer. So you wake up a little bit tanner than you went to bed. And it just looks like you're just going to have a little bit of a glow when you wake up. And it's like this very natural, gorgeous, like, oh my God, she is so glowy. She is so gorgeous. And guys won't even notice, but we will notice. And that's what it's about. It's about the confidence from ourselves. And if we're confident within ourselves, it's going to translate better to the, the relationship. So those are pretty much my essentials. Toothbrush, chapstick, hairbrush, makeup wipes, moisturizer, and a little bit of tan drops. Um, besides that, I would definitely say, you know, deodorant and body spray um, rather than like perfume. Sometimes perfume can be like too much, especially like first thing in the morning, like a little trying too hard. So just a little body spray, something light, airy. I feel like guys like sweet things, so like maybe like Victoria's Secret teas. That's always a good one. Um, I would bring stuff like that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I feel like everything else, um, obviously, if you want to bring like a change of clothes for the next day, you can maybe keep it in your car so you don't look like, you know, overly prepared. Um, but you can also just like borrow their clothes um, if you're just going to be like chilling out at the at the house or just like watching movies, ordering takeout, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's what I would bring. Just like little toiletry things, little cosmetic things, little beauty items that will just keep you looking fresh, clean, and feeling fresh and clean. But I would leave the duffel bag at home. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. How to get over someone you never dated. Oh my God. Ouch. This one hurts me. Um, yeah, this one really hurts me. I feel like we all have someone like this that like we never dated them and it's just really hard to get over someone like that. So what I have found in the past is I block them <laughs> like literally out of sight, out of mind. It's really hard to get over someone you never dated because typically there is not a definitive ending to it. Typically, there's no breakup, so it's really hard to cut communication. There is never really like anything that you can technically get mad over, which in my mind is such bullshit because getting over someone you never dated most likely means that they were leading you on or you were leading them on or you guys had mutual feelings for each other but never did anything about it and just wouldn't really let one another 
go, but you could be with other people. But then obviously if you have feelings for one another and they were with someone else, like that's going to hurt. Like whether you're official or not, like that's going to hurt. You know what I mean? So it's hard to have a definitive end because you can technically do whatever you want and you technically can't get mad when they also do whatever they want, but it does hurt. Okay. And like fact of the matter is it hurts and it sucks and it's a really shitty feeling. And I'm really sorry if you're in that moment because I've so been there, but what I do is I block them. And there will typically be one thing that is like the straw that broke the camel's back where it's been kind of building up for a while. And I know like, this isn't good for me. This is, dare I say, toxic for me. And it's not the right relationship to be in for me. Even though it's not a relationship, it feels like a relationship. So that's how I'm going to treat it. I'm going to treat it as a breakup. And typically there's like a tipping point for me. Um, What happened for me is just that the person that I think of that I had this like situationship with would always just constantly put his feelings before mine. But specifically, he put his feelings in spite of mine, meaning like he would tell me something to make himself feel better, knowing that it would make me feel really shitty. And once that happened just one too many times, I was just done and I was just over it. And I was like, you know what? This is no longer good for me. I need to move on from this. And I blocked the person and I moved on. And I've never looked back. It was really hard. It felt like a breakup. It felt like a block. It felt like, you know, an ex. It felt like a full on breakup. And I know that it was probably confusing for the the other guy, like the guy, just because there was no closure for really either of us. And it sucked. And you're both just sort of forced to move on. Um, but it was the best thing I could have done, I think, for the both of us because I look back and it wasn't good for literally either of us. And yeah, it just had to be done. So my advice is to block them and cut ties with them. Obviously, it's easy for me because I never had to see this person again. But if you like go to school with them or if you're in the same friend group with them, I imagine that's really hard. And if blocking isn't an option, I would just like actually have like an actual conversation and be like, this is not good for me. And I know we're not in a relationship, but I can't continue whatever we're doing because it is not good for me. And just having that open communication. And, you know, that's most likely an opportunity for them to be like, well, I don't know what you're talking about because we've never even dated and they're probably going to try and make you feel crazy. But we know in the heart of hearts that you're not crazy. Your feelings are real and they're crazy for making you feel crazy. Okay. Everyone's favorite term is gaslighting. I don't want to use that right here. But they will try to make you feel crazy and be like, we never even dated. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you're crazy for thinking this. Like, I don't know why we can't continue doing what we're doing. But you know what's best for you and you just have to cut ties. It's hard, but it's worth it. So either block them and move on from your life forever or have an open conversation with them and tell them, like, I have to cut ties and treat it as a breakup. Okay, the next one is body insecurities in dating. Um, This is so real and so relatable. So first and foremost, when you are dating someone, you need to be fully in love with yourself first. And I truly believe that. I've been in relationships in the past where I have not been fully in love with myself or fully secure with myself. And I've always projected that onto the relationship. And I've projected it in terms of I don't feel worthy of this relationship. I don't feel worthy of this person. I feel like this person must not be attracted to me. You know, all these horrible things that I would say about myself when they never thought that stuff. 
they saw me in a totally different light than I saw myself in. And once I started loving myself and accepting myself and feeling secure in who I am, then I was able to date and date with a incredibly fresh perspective and a very loving perspective. And I was able to, you know, really be confident and be like, this is me, take it or leave it because I love myself enough. You know what I mean? I don't need your approval to continue loving myself. So if you're feeling insecure when entering the dating scene, I would advise you to put a pause on it and start dating yourself and start working on your journey of self-love and loving yourself. So what are some ways to do that? Some ways to do that, let's start with physically. Um, Physically loving your body and all the shapes, all the curves, all the bumps that come with your body. First of all, remember that your body serves you so much. Your body gives you such amazing privilege and purpose every single day. You're able to walk with your legs, even if they're bigger than you want. How beautiful is it that your legs allow you to walk, run, work out, sit? Like you're so blessed to have these legs. If you have that little, you know, pouch, pooch, I don't know, in your stomach that every girl has because of our literal organs, how blessed are we that we have the ability to create human life within our own bodies? How beautiful is that? If our face one day is a little puffy because we had some drinks the night before, how blessed are we that we have such an amazing group of friends and people that care about us, that want to see us after work or in their free time to go get drinks? How lucky are we? How blessed are we? So kind of just shifting that perspective of I hate my body to I'm so blessed to have this body is huge. It's huge. So shifting that mindset for the physical aspect is one. The second approach to this that I encourage you to do in conjunction with what I just said is really looking after yourself. If you are feeding yourself with foods that make you feel good and you're giving yourself movement a couple times a week, even if it's just for 10 minutes a day, you are just going to feel so much better about yourself. Even if you don't have the six-pack abs, even if you don't weigh the what you want to weigh, even if you don't look like the girls on Instagram, if you take care of yourself, drink water, eat what makes you feel good. Notice I'm not saying eating healthy, eating clean, eating blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying eating you what you know makes you feel good and doing some movement, whether it's walking, Pilates, spin, whatever it might be that makes you feel really, really good. If you just start taking care of yourself, you're immediately just going to feel more confident in yourself, within yourself, about yourself. And that confidence in conjunction with talking kindly to yourself is going to exude when you start dating. And that is so attractive to a potential partner. Having confidence within yourself is so, so, so attractive. Now, let's talk about the men or a partner, if whatever the relationship is. On the other side of it, if a guy is going to be shallow enough to not want to date you because maybe you don't have a thigh gap or because your face is puffy, is that really the person you want to be with? Absolutely not. You are so much better than that. You deserve so much more than that. That is not the right person for you. So overall, what I'm saying is that this starts from within. You have to absolutely love yourself from within first in order to ever be able to 
date and fully commit to someone else. Otherwise, you're just going to constantly project your insecurities into the relationship and it's going to start a lot of problems. So I suggest looking internally, loving yourself and being on that journey of self-love. Okay, the next one is how to deal with shitty friends. First of all, I'm really sorry if you feel like your circle of people are shitty like that. That's just a shitty situation and that really sucks and I'm I'm sorry that you're going through that. Um, I've definitely had my fair share of shitty friends in the past. I feel like it's a part of life and it teaches us so much. I am really grateful for everyone that has come and go from my life, whether they've been amazing or shitty in the process. I'm very grateful for them because it's brought me to this version of myself who I am right now and I love who I am right now. And I do credit some of that to who I associate myself with, whether they're in my life or not, whether they were great to me or not. And for that, I'm really grateful. So I'm starting with a blanket of gratitude for anyone in my past that I'm no longer friends with or whatever the situation might be. Now, when it comes to shitty friends, it really, really sucks. Um, And I've been having kind of this conversation with myself lately, not about friends, but about sticking up for myself. And here's how the conversation in my head goes. And I'm going to relate it back to this. The conversation in my head goes, I'm miserable when I speak up for myself because I hate confrontation and I avoid it at all costs. It's very uncomfortable for me, but I'm miserable when I don't stand up for myself and I don't confront what I'm feeling. And I'm now living with all these feelings, all these emotions, all these unspoken words, and I'm miserable living like that. What's more, what's worth being more miserable over speaking my mind or letting myself get walked all over. I would rather be miserable speaking my mind than being miserable being walked all over. Now, let me rephrase that back to friends. What would you rather do? Would you rather be alone or be with shitty friends? For me, I'd rather be alone. I'd rather be alone and spend my time with myself because I know that I love myself. I enjoy my own company. I enjoy watching YouTube videos and reading books and watching housewives and journaling and making my planners, like being creative, working out. I enjoy my time alone. I enjoy my time to myself. And I would so much rather spend my time alone with myself than with a group of people that don't make me feel good, than with a group of people that maybe aren't my people, with a group of people that don't understand me. I would rather be alone than be with myself. No, yeah, I'd rather be alone than be with people that I don't vibe with. There is a song, um, and I want to make sure I say who the artist is, but it's about breakups, but I think that it can relate to any relationship slash friendship that has sort of left, and it's called Crying Over You by the band Camino and Chelsea Cutler. It is a great song. Again, it is about a breakup, but I also think it can work for any relationship, friendship that has passed, and it's pretty much saying like, I choose crying over you. Like I would rather cry and heal than be with you. I'd rather cry and heal than be lied to by you. And again, this can relate to everything, but I think that message is key here. I would rather spend my time alone than with people that I feel like don't care about me. So I'm really sorry that you're going through this. It is really hard being with friends that maybe just don't feel valued in but it is worth it to distance yourself from them and spend time alone rather than be with people that bring you down. Oh, this is a good one. And if you guys watch my vlog that is going up in a couple of days, I literally went through this this morning. How do you avoid feeling like a failure when you miss a workout or morning routine? Are you in my brain? Are you in my brain, girl? So this morning, let me rephrase. 
last night I went to bed and I wanted to wake up this morning at 7 a.m. and do Pilates and go for a 30-minute walk. I was really craving the movement, needed it. I woke up this morning at 8 a.m., missed my 7 a.m. wake-up call, and as soon as I started doing my Pilates, I was scatterbrained. My brain was everywhere. I had so many things to do. I needed to get it all done before a certain time, and I was incredibly, incredibly stressed out. So I finished my Pilates and I got to work. And I said, I will do my 30-minute walk later and I just need to get this done. I knew, first of all, I was really proud of myself for getting some movement in. I did my 15 minutes Pilates and I was very happy about that. I know that on days like today, I probably need the walk most, right? However, a stressed out walk doesn't seem like the most productive thing for me. So in moments like that, I just had to do what felt best to me in that moment, which was abandon the walk. I will do it later. I will do my workout later. Right now, I need to get my work done so that I can feel on top of my day. So that's what I did. I sat down, I got my work done, and I am so glad that I did that. I feel so much better about myself. I feel ready for this walk later in the day, and I feel like I'm ready to take on the day from a fresh perspective. And I don't think I would have felt like that had I went for a walk because I would have been stressed out the whole walk. Like I have so many things to do. I have this to do, I have that to do, I have blah, blah, all these sorts of things. When all I needed to do was start doing the things that were stressing me out. And now I feel so much better. And I'm really glad that I did that. So it's so easy to feel like a failure when you miss something, you miss a morning routine, you miss a workout, but just giving yourself grace, listening to the chatter that's in your mind and being like, okay, what's it trying to tell me and how can I combat this? How can I help it? How can I help the situation? But more importantly, how can I help myself in this moment? Even if it's against what I normally say, what I normally preach, what I believe in, what's really going to help me in this moment and following that unapologetically. I think that will really help. How to deal with living alone because I am struggling. I've been there. So I've been living alone since I was 18 um, come and go. Like, you know, I, I, I have it in waves. I say live alone loosely. The longest I've ever lived alone was probably for nine months at a time. Um, what I've always done is I've always had my own space. Like I've always had my own condo or apartment. Um, but I've been like in and out of serious relationships in the time of that. So like I'd be living with a boyfriend, like they'd like spend all their time there. So they weren't like officially moved in, but like they were always there. Or then when we'd break up, I would like go back to like living alone. And then over the summer, I live at the beach with other people. Like I live with my friend Katie. My parents are down there a lot. So like over the summers, I don't live alone. But I do like I have ebbs and flows in my life where I do live alone because I have my own apartment and I have my own condo, stuff like that. So I've been there in the days where like I struggle when I've lived alone before because it can get very lonely. So when it comes to living alone, I've learned, and this takes time, to find joy in my own company. This is going to take time and you need to have patience with yourself when it comes to finding joy in your own company. You will start to get into routines that you do yourself that you will eventually find are like rituals for you. And when you miss them, you're going to miss them so much. You're going to be like, oh my God, I feel so off because you missed your little routine. Living alone is a great time to start implementing going to the grocery store by yourself and buying whatever you want and going 
on walks by yourself, going on runs by yourself, doing workout classes on your own time. It's also a really good time to start implementing morning routines, night routines, watching whatever you want, just being like literally so unapologetically yourself in your own space and really making your space you. Make your space feel somewhere that's so inviting and so you. Like right now I'm in very much like a girly headspace lately. Like I've been so into like pink makeup and pink lip gloss and like just girly things that I've made it a point to make my bathroom like really girly. Like I just want like a girly bathroom, like a Y2K girly pink juicy couture bathroom. You know what I mean? Even though my bathroom like isn't pink, it just gives me that like vibe of like it's a really girly bathroom. So I just really embody what I'm feeling and make my space feel like that. Make your space really feel like your own. You will start really to enjoy the company of yourself once you're able to spend time alone with yourself and be comfortable with yourself. It took me about a year to feel really comfortable with myself, um, but I started feeling a major shift about six months in. Once I started watching shows that I liked, once I started having a a morning routine that I liked, once I started going to workouts routinely that I liked, once I just started finding out more things about myself that I liked, it got really easy to live alone. Another thing is that you have to remember that friends are only a phone call away. If you want to see friends, make sure you call them, FaceTime them, text them, get together with them, see them once or twice a week if you can, and schedule time to see your friends to fill that social cup of you. Um, Also, it's really hard to live alone if you also work from home. That can be super isolating. And in moments like that, what I would say is try and go to a co-working space. If you live in an apartment, do they have like a workspace or amenities that you can go to? If you're in the city, can you go to like a WeWork or can you go to a coffee shop? Get out of your house a little bit just to kind of get that social energy, charge your social battery and just be around people. Again, I find that that really, really helps with living alone and working alone. Overall, I really like living alone. I am sorry that you're struggling, but I know that you'll be able to kind of find your groove and really find your independence. And once you find that within like living alone in your own space, it is so empowering and so powerful. You guys are bringing in so many amazing questions that I'm actually just going to screen record all of these and do a part two um, in another episode in a couple of weeks because I don't want this episode to get too, too long, but I feel like we hit some really good topics today and I can't wait to see all the questions that continue to roll in. So we are going to do a part two of Girl Talk very soon, but I feel like we covered really good ground today. We talked dating, living alone, insecurities, older sister advice. I really liked today's episode, so I'm very happy with it and I hope you guys are as well. Guys, I hope you have an amazing Monday. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Manifest with Tori Simone. Be sure to follow me on YouTube, on Instagram. My YouTube is at Tori Simone. My Instagram is at Tori Simone underscore. Be sure to take a spin class with me. You guys can ride with me um, on strideathome.com. It's $35 a month, but you can use code Tori for $10 a month, or you can rent any video for just $5. And I am on Stride at Home. You guys can take like my actual real classes on there. Um, I'm a small business, so I'd love any support that you guys have during this time. Um, You guys are absolutely amazing, and I just adore you, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. So hope you guys all enjoyed today's episode. I'll talk to you all next week, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.